In the annual commemoration of Jesus' baptism by John at the River Jordan, we celebrate the gift of our own baptism. On the sermon delivered on the first Sunday after the Epiphany, Richard Helmer invites reflection about the place of water in our lives and what it represents as a powerful spiritual symbol of life, death, and transformation. In the name of the Spirit, the God of water, amen. Sometimes I head out to Ocean Beach in San Francisco, feeling called back to the edge of the Pacific, the edge of our continent. Actually, if I think about it, that seems strange for a guy who grew up in the Midwest, right? The closest edge we had growing up in Midwestern Kansas was an alfalfa field. But there it is. The ocean has a hold on me. There's something about edges like the ocean and the uninterrupted horizon that brings restoration when I'm feeling a little bit worn out or tired or spread thin, or I'm simply searching for a direction. And all of us here are blessed to live near one such edge because we are a coastal people. So I get out to Ocean Beach and begin to soak up once again the horizon and the waves and the open sky and the setting sun at times. There's always a sense of infinity there and frankly the awesome and measureless size of that being that we call God. It's always humbling for me a reminder of my smallness in a vast universe and across the huge expanse of time. And last week, as often happens when I go to the ocean to reflect, I shed a few tears and realized I was tasting the ocean in me. And I reflected that of all the sounds of the world, the sound of running water the roar of waves lapping against the shore, these were amongst the oldest sounds on the planet, and they would likely last until life is no more. It's the water of the sea where we have our origins, where the first life began to grow and develop. Our entire planet breathes with the rhythm of water, mainly of the oceans, but also those arteries of water that sustain our life, our agriculture, and even our cityscapes. Rivers, oceans, lakes, and streams make up most of our bodies and make the chemistry of life possible. Water hems us in. It marks our beginnings and ultimately it demarcates our endings. It breaks down the mountains even, raises up the trees and fuels the birthing of all life. 
We swim in it from our conception and we rely on it every day of our time on earth. And we return, we return it, if not to it, at the same place. It's our origin and it's the place that we are going when we move on. Now, of course, this is no new understanding, is it? That water is the root of life is not anything other than a truth that we have confirmed. It has gone back since before recorded history. Hebrew scriptures opens with the spirit of God moving over the waters of chaos. The ancients believed the world flat, as many perceived it, was bounded and shaped and reshaped by water. Our spiritual ancestors constructed lives and communities around those sources of water, the wells in the desert. And their stories of catastrophe and greatness from Noah to Abraham to Moses to Joshua to the established traditions of ancient Israel to the adventures of the early Christian community in these stories, water in whatever form is a recurrent theme. They knew as well as we know the death and the life that water represents. So it probably is no surprise to us then that for the earliest Christians and in the earliest written accounts of Jesus' salvific mission, These accounts begin not actually with the birth narrative or with the youthful son of Mary conversing in the temple at Jerusalem, but they begin with his baptism as an adult in the River Jordan. John the Baptist is out at the edge, calling people away from one way of life and into a new way foretelling the coming of one who is even greater than he is. And then Jesus shows up one day to be baptized. And we celebrate that today, seeing it as the first great sign of God in Christ, the coming of the Holy One among us for our healing, our transformation, and a new and unexpected journey. Jesus begins his most important years with baptism, and so do we. The water of baptism reflects that infinite roar of the ocean in our lives, that primordial place where our roots lie, and also the waters of life and death that hem us in. Sometimes they frighten us, but forever they hold us in awe and humility. It's why we use this death and new birth language around baptism. and Why we hold it as a foundational sacrament in our life as people and our life as a community. And why we commemorate it regularly. It's hard to say if Jesus was a changed man when he rose out of the Jordan and, so says the gospel, the sky was torn open and the spirit descended. 
Whether or not there was a change has been a source of considerable discussion amongst Christians since the beginning. But what we can be sure of is that Jesus was changed at the very least in the world's eyes. He was no longer just the firstborn in a carpenter's family, but was now the child of God. That primordial spiritual being as well as fleshly human, a human every bit as vulnerable as we are, and yet a being with divinity who would cross the threshold in a hideous death and, we Christians say at least, return with new life for the whole world and the entire universe. Jesus responds to this revealed identity by dashing out into the wilderness, perhaps beyond the Jordan, and then returning to gather together his first followers. He has gone out over the edge. He has gone out into the water and returns utterly different. He has been touched by the waters of death and life and opened to the Spirit. Do you remember your baptism? Most of us don't because we were baptized before our first memories begin. But you know its marks. They may seem subtle, but look closely in your heart. Isn't it possible that your baptism has a great deal to do with why you are here today? Because even if you trace your spiritual journey back to before your first memories, doesn't baptism and the cleansing it represents, that life-giving and death-dealing effect of water, still hold a little bit of wonder for you? It does for me. I sometimes go to the ocean to remember my baptism. And a God who is so much greater than I can imagine that God uttering to me and each of us a deep love in the rhythm of the waves, the babbling brook and the running river. A love that says we are claimed by our maker in not only this life, but also in death. And that in all of our tiny and seeming insignificance, God comes to us just as God appeared before the crowd around Jesus in the Jordan. God comes to us and calls us beloved and child of God. And God embraces us just as God embraced Jesus in the Jordan two millennia ago. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.